Konnichiwa and welcome back to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. I'm Doug the Translator and this week I'm joined by uh, no one. I'm giving the other boys a well-deserved Christmas break. Uh, so it'll just be me today, but we'll make it a goodie. Ikimashou! Welcome back to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. Like I said, I'm riding solo today. Um, I've given Ben and HBC the week off. Not that I really have the authority to give them time on and off. Um, we just had a chat and thought, don't want to be taking up too much of their time over the festive season. So I thought I'd just uh, crack on by myself. And um, and especially because we have uh, bye week um, this week, just thought I'd take the chance to answer a few questions that have come through. There have been a few that have been uh, asked about being half Japanese in Japan and translation, etc. So yeah, thought what better way to answer those than when I'm by myself. Obviously when the other boys are here, um, don't want to be hearing about my life. I want to hear about uh, professional rugby players' uh, journeys, etc. So yeah, but uh, thanks for listening again. If you're new to the potty, thanks for listening. Very, very uh, loose podcast. Um, about 50% rugby, 50% random life in Japan things. But uh, go back. Over the three seasons, we've had a few different uh, hosts, etc. But a lot of uh, great interviews with a lot of Japan international players, um, foreigners in Japan, and yeah, just life about Japan, how uh, washlets work and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, thanks for listening. Like I said, don't want to make it too long because it's just one man in a room talking. So, uh, yeah, don't want to bore you guys too much. But just to get right into it, um. Because it's a bye week and we don't have the other boys, uh, we won't go through um, our picks until next week when they're back. But Doug with an amazing, amazing pick of a draw for Kubota Cannon. Yeah, oh, what a pick. What a what a man. What a translator. Um, but yeah, look forward to us uh, chatting about that stuff next week. And also the review preview will be next week as well. But uh, thought I'd just start with this. Rugby news of the week. Uh, big news. Uh, especially for a bye week in Japan, Rugby League One. We have Richie Monga and Shannon Frizzell joining Toshiba after the World Cup in 2023. So Richie joining on a three-year deal. Obviously, uh, if you're listening to this, you most likely know who Richie Monga is, but he's 28. There's 44 All Blacks caps so far. We'll probably get more uh, next year. 94 Super Rugby games for the Crusaders and a cheeky 51 for Canterbury as well in the Bunnings Cup. So... Obviously, all those numbers will probably grow um, before he comes over to Tokyo to join the Brave Lupus. But a great, great pickup for them. Obviously, uh, the Lupus uh, have got some ex-Crusaders in their team. They've got Matt Todd, uh, Tom Tater, Seta Tamanivaru, Jack Stradden. They've also got uh, ex-All Blacks captain and obviously ex-Crusaders coach Todd Blackadder as their coach. So a lot of uh, yeah connections for Monga. I mean, three-year deal as a 28-year-old, 29, I guess, uh, when he's probably going to be over here, but... Very exciting times for Japan rugby. I think you'll see a lot of a lot of those world class players moving over to Japan um, post World Cup. His main reason, once that World Cup's done, got another four years to the next one. Uh, if you're at an age where maybe you don't think you'll be there uh, for that following World Cup after France, or if I guess you're like Richie and you've already uh, experienced or that can be experienced in NZ rugby and you want to go try something new while also making a couple of yen as well, then um perfect time is after a major tournament like the World Cup so uh, we've already seen Adi Savia joining Corbe after the World Cup as well and yeah I think a lot of lot of players from a lot of countries uh, we've seen an influx of South African players as well we've seen uh, Faf de Kirk uh, 
gearing up for Canon as well. And obviously you've got uh, Matt Tamur at the Dynabores coming over. So you've had a few guys coming over uh, before World Cup, but I think it's just going to keep growing, growing uh, post World Cup as well. So exciting times. Obviously only three Category C players per team uh, at this stage. Category C meaning players who have played for other national teams other than Japan. Um, so basically players who are no longer eligible to eventually play for Japan. So yeah, as long as everyone's willing to get the checkbooks out, I guess, um, you should see a good spread of those Category C players going around the league because, yeah, they all can't go to one team, like I said. So uh, exciting times. And then also they also have Shannon Frizzell, uh joining them as well. Who's also a 28, just played 25 tests for the All Blacks, uh, 57 for the Highlanders, and then 35 for the Tasman Marco as well. So again, I think, uh, Frizzell will be devastating in Japan. Very powerful player. Yeah, can't wait for them both to come over. And, um, those two are their category C players. I know I talked about Matt Todd also being there. He is another category C player. So not sure if he's there post World Cup, but if he is, then that's their three category C players locked up, uh, all. All Blacks or former All Blacks. So, um, yeah, pretty exciting stuff. And, uh, you can see, obviously, a lot of teams are starting to release their post World Cup, uh, signings already pretty early, especially for Japan. Japan's notoriously later normally, uh, if, until the company says it's okay, you're not allowed to release stuff. So it's good to see that that's like changing. And yeah, hopefully the level of the rugby just keeps improving over here. One thing that's a bit of a shame is how, I guess, inaccessible the actual rugby is to people overseas. Um, just trying to test if uh, what the best way is to watch it from overseas. Had a few questions about that, but Ben uh, reckons you can get a cheeky uh, VPN. Then all you have to do is get J Sports, the rugby package, which is 1,800 uh, yen a month. Uh, so what's that, like 20 NZ bucks-ish, and you can watch all the League One stuff on there. I always haven't tried it because I'm a uh, yeah, in Japan, obviously, so uh, a bit hard for me to test over here. But if you have tested it or if you know any other ways, please uh, message in. I have get a lot of messages about how to watch it. Um, hopefully, League One gets a bit better at showcasing their stuff around the world. Yeah, they talk about wanting to be the best league in the world. Um, but if it's only marketed to Japanese uh, people, then you're cutting off a big, big uh, portion of the rugby community, obviously. So uh, hopefully you see that improve. Hopefully you see uh, the refs becoming more pro at the moment. They're pretty much all part-time or almost volunteer, apart from the ones who are with uh, actual rugby teams. So um, those guys, obviously, they to watch rugby uh, every day at their respective teams' trainings, and um, that's where they get their wage so they can study the game. Others, you've got guys who are like primary school teachers and stuff who uh, go to the game and they get 5,000 yen, which is like 50, 60 bucks per performance. And then... Yeah, if they have to travel for that game, they don't get meal allowance or anything. So most of their 5,000 yen is probably used up on that trip for food. So uh, yes, it's not a great gig. But if we want to make it the best league in the world, we want to obviously have the best refs available. And the best way to do that is to make it pro. So hopefully we see that happen uh, in the near future as well. Uh, but sorry, yeah, I do this every time I'm alone. But I always say let's make it a cookie and then I uh, waffle. It's just so refreshing to be able to talk, uh, not have the peacock Ben Poulter on. Yeah, I feel alive. I can talk. Uh, the next, just go to the coaches box. Uh, questions from all our listeners. Thank you again for the questions. If you want to uh, send any through, go to our Instagram. You can send us a message on there or the email. Email re- recently has had a lot of spam, so I'm. Uh, I think I've caught all the messages from you all but uh, sometimes they might get lost in the sea of spam that gets sent through so uh, apologies if I haven't 
uh, reply to you. I try to reply to all of them as we get more and more. Um, I definitely read them all, but can't always uh, reply to them all. Uh, I've got a you know, a job as well. So um, yeah, sorry for that. But again, thanks for sending them through. I'll just quickly answer a few of them. Um, the first two are from uh, Yosuke Washia. Uh, thank you for the questions. Uh, one is, uh, what are any struggles, dilemmas experienced from being half? So half Japanese in Japan. If you're half Japanese, then you basically, well, the nickname for it is just being half or halfu. And yeah, it's an interesting dynamic in Japan. I see, uh, it's pretty much the population in Japan is 99%, you know, full Japanese. Um, so I stand out a lot. Don't stand out as much as, you know, the two meter, uh, Peters we have running around, uh, League One, but still stand out enough. Have kids staring at you all the time. Um, but that's, yeah, not something that only happens to half. Uh, people it's you know just foreigners or in general I don't think there's any malice in that staring it's just obviously a lot of people probably don't see foreigners that often so yeah struggles dilemmas um it's one thing uh in Japan you kind of dual citizenship or you kind of two passports past age 22 so me obviously was born in Japan got Japanese mum so until 22 had Japanese and NZ passports uh New Zealand you can have uh two multiple um but Japan you have to pick at 21 basically which nationality you're going to be which is an interesting uh concept um obviously living in japan picked the japanese passport but it's almost like a you know you gotta say on paper that you're no longer going to be a kiwi which obviously isn't the case uh go back to nz and it's not like suddenly people think i'm only japanese or anything but um yeah interesting uh concept um there but then like i said everyone who looks at me in japan assumes i'm uh foreign so you get the old uh, Nihongo Jozu or uh, man, your Japanese is good. Or the, uh, yeah, you're so good with the uh, chopsticks kind of comments. Um, or the kakkoi, which is like, oh, cool. Um, which when I first came over, I was like, oh, yeah, everyone thinks I'm cool. But um, I've soon realized that uh, it's not so much me, but it's just uh, I'm exotic because uh, not many people um, can speak English over here. So people are just like, whoa. That guy can speak both. So yeah, it's a very interesting uh, dynamic. Uh, also, dilemma, I guess. Policemen once came to our house, uh, or they just came to our building, went, uh, knocked on all everyone's doors. I just, I guess, uh, almost like a census, just seeing who lives where, uh, making sure all the addresses are up to date. Uh, saw me, I wrote down my name, put it in, and it's in Katakana, or, you know, a foreign name, um, apart from my middle name, which is uh, Japanese and uh, foreign, and looked at it, asked for my... Uh, passport or my uh, residence card and then I yeah just went to get it showed it to him and then he apologized for I guess asking for it which is again interesting you obviously wouldn't ask it if I looked Japanese and had Japanese name but um, just a bit of ignorance in that sense um, still in Japan but yeah I don't think there's any necessary anyone's uh, wanting to cause harm by anything it's just still quite a new concept in Japan I think so still a bit behind in that respect but sorry I don't know if they really answered the question per se but yeah, I uh, think depending on the person, I've heard of people who are half Japanese, half another country who hate the uh, word half because they interpret it to mean it's only half of what a Japanese person is. So some people don't enjoy being called half. Um, I don't mind. I think I've only had positive experiences. Um, Obviously, it means you've got to be able to experience two cultures. Uh, being able to speak both languages is really helpful in Japan uh, where English isn't everyone's uh, strongest attribute and um yeah like i said people love being friends with somebody who uh is from a different country so you i haven't really necessarily uh 
experience any racism or anything from it. A bit of ignorance sometimes, but you know, uh, yeah, uh, it's been a all in all positive experience, I think. So, um, yeah, happy days. Uh, next, uh, what sport would you introduce to any future kids of yours in Japan if rugby was unavailable? For me, I'll, yeah, don't have kids yet, but if I did, I grew up playing soccer or football. So, yeah, that would be a great one if they made it, um, be able to travel the world with them for free, be earning millions. Um, in Japan, another really famous or popular sport is baseball. Uh, I've really gotten into baseball recently, but yeah, baseball, they play like a thousand games a year. It's insane. I think the Mighty Base Stars, who are the Kanagawa team for the last few months of their season, because of COVID, they had to catch up a few games and they're playing like over 25 a month for three months straight or something. So, um, obviously they earn uh, bucket loads, but yeah, it seems like a pretty, um, I don't know if I want to be a translator for them, especially if I had a family. You just never see your family. You'd have to, yeah, go to games every day. So, um, maybe one of those. And then lastly, last question, I guess, uh, relating to me was from James Simpson. He said, uh, how did I get into translating? Um, so, yeah, I uh, obviously speak a bit of Japanese. My Growing up in New Zealand, my mum would speak Japanese to me. I'd reply in English, so my listening was always better than my uh, reading, writing, speaking. But uh, after uni, came over to Japan just to teach a bit of English, learn a bit more of my uh, mum's culture, my um, culture, and I wanted to spend a bit of time with my family over here. And a friend of a friend was a rugby agent and just said, um, you know, might as well use your English and Japanese to try and become a translator in a sport that yeah you uh, have played before so I thought that was a great idea while I was teaching English brushed up on my Japanese and then yeah my uh, friend who became basically my agent took my CV around to a lot of uh, clubs in Japan went for a few interviews talked to a few people looked at a few roles uh, one is an assistant SNC uh, because of my sports science background um, it didn't quite uh, get that one I was one of those uh, you know no experience and then you need a job to get experience kind of uh, loops. And then, yeah, had a lot of chats with a lot of teams about being a translator. Again, a bit harder originally with no uh, experience um, in terms of no experience as a translator. But uh, eventually in 2017, uh, Coca-Cola Red Sparks in Fukuoka came and had chat to me and uh, they were keen to give me a chance. So went down there. First year was, yeah, interesting. Um, didn't do too bad. I think I was saved by my rugby knowledge. Um Having played in Japan and NZ, I knew most of the rugby terms in both languages, obviously, but my formal Japanese, my actual Japanese was, yeah, pretty, uh, yeah, mediocre. I'd say, um, a lot of the stuff that my mum spoke to me was obviously, you know, less formal stuff. So struggled in the uh, press conferences and stuff, but, uh, um, yeah, they took a chance on me, uh, over the next two years there, uh, got a bit better, got used to it and then stayed for four years until they disbanded as a club and then, and now I'm in my second year with the uh, Mitsubishi Dynaball, so short and sharp. But basically, the reason why I was able to get my foot in the door was because I knew someone who knew someone. And that's the biggest thing I've, thing I've learned um, post-uni is it's not what you know, it's who you know. You, know. you just need that opportunity. And then, like I did, you can always learn on the job. And as long as you work harder, people, I guess, are willing to give you a chance. So that's uh, Doug's Osusume of the, <laughs> of the week. Um, but again, thank you for listening, guys. I'll keep it there. Um, yeah. I think I've been talking for too long. It's not the same without the other boys. It's just a one-man dialogue. But thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you check out the merch. Check out the Instagram. Keep sending through your uh, questions and comments. Thank you for supporting us this year. And um, yeah, rugby, definitely the winner on the day. Um, being half 
is a game of two halves. And yeah, full credit to the police officers who uh, come ask for your passport. Adios. Thanks for listening to another episode of the JRW podcast. Make sure to rate and share the pod if you enjoy it. And don't forget to use code JRW15 at the ANR Pro checkout for a 15% discount. Arigats, I'll talk to you next week.